Welcome back to the Fitness Fee podcast. I'm Fee and this podcast is for anyone who is interested in nutrition, fitness and mindset. If you want to feel more in control, enjoy living your life while reaching your goals, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it and let's get into the episode. Hello, and on today's podcast, I have got um, one of my original guests, um, which is Angie from Get Peachy. Hi, Angie. How are you? Hello. I'm very well. Thank you for having me back on. How are you? We've uh, we've done a few podcasts in the past, um, and I actually we actually first met before um, Angie became mum. And this is a subject that we're going to talk about today because um, Angie, I've actually seen Angie go through the journey of um, how she used to coach before she became a woman, how that's changed. Um, and Angie is a coach, an online coach, and she ha- became a mum. You're going to have to remind me now. Was it last year? No, Eric's one now, isn't he? Yeah, he's 16 months now. Oh so. my God, that's yeah. like, this <laughs> I can't believe all that time's gone. So yeah. Angie's going to talk to us today about a subject that some women um, might find that's relevant to them or they may know somebody um, who's pregnant or just come out the other side of a pregnancy and is wondering how to apply their fitness um, and health journey towards pregnancy before and after. Because um, obviously myself as a coach, I can know that sometimes when people get pregnant, when women get pregnant, they become very anxious about the exercise side of things um, and not sure what path to follow, like what's the right thing to do. So um, Angie's going to be coming and give us her wealth of knowledge as having gone through the whole process very recently. Mine was a very long time ago now that happened to me. So I was going to ask you a question, actually. Did you exercise in your pregnancies? Um, Well, my first one, um, I didn't much. My first pregnancy, I had preeclampsia. which was diagnosed very late um so it was horrific and it was my first pregnancy I thought that's what all pregnancies were like I was like the size of a balloon um my second one with my son was totally different um and I did train and I actually taught Pilates right up until I was I think I was um it was about 35 36 weeks so yeah they were to- totally different pregnancies. That's interesting, isn't it? And were you concerned going into your second pregnancy that were you sort of, oh, no, I can't do anything anxious because you had preeclampsia in the first um, pregnancy? No, I think the second time around, I was a bit, I was much more... Um, informed? Yeah, informed and more aware of, like, my body, I suppose. And I, my two pregnancies were very different. My my two the ways that I approached um what's the word how I parented my children was very different to the second time to the first time the first yeah. time I was very by the book like this is how you should do everything the second time was I'm gonna go on how I feel what I think is the best and more on my motherly instincts I'm gonna go with that's the only way I could describe it yeah yeah yeah. yeah and that's pretty much the the uh, message throughout this podcast so there we go we're done <laughs> <laughs> that was easy <laughs> fab um okay 
So, so how did you like obviously you you got pregnant with Eric? I mean, how did you how did you like feel when you got pregnant? Did you know that you were obviously a regular exerciser anyway? Were you were you determined to carry that on as far as you can? Because obviously there's there's a difference, I think, between um exercising and some people feel that uh, some women, sorry, feel that they can lift weights once when they're pregnant because there's um a possibility that they can damage the baby so i do think there's that kind of stigma around being pregnant and what you can do yeah i think there's a lot of stigma and there's a lot of external voices from colleagues from parents grandparents all of these voices telling you what you should do what you shouldn't do to be careful and just like you said before with your second pregnancy you just have to really trust your gut instinct I guess and I think it's really difficult to do so because you've got new hormones going around you know not new but a change in in hormones that can often lead to a lot of anxiety self-doubt um scarcity you know being really really worried and anxious about what's to come because you know when you do first ever find out you're pregnant (laughs) You just, I mean, you Google everything constantly all the time. And even though, you know, I've, I'm qualified, I've coached for years. I was Googling stuff that I was like, can I still drink? How many cups of coffee can I drink per day? Yeah. All of this jazz, you know, everyone's experience is going to be completely different. And then obviously going into second and third pregnancies or however many pregnancies you do have, you can also have a lot of doubt and fear because you know a pregnancy might have not been successful and that can be often quite you know scary and daunting and you just want to wrap yourself in bubble or it might be that you had quite you know a horrendous pregnancy the prior time and you're absolutely petrified that's going to happen again so there's lots of anxiety that comes up and lots of like oh what should I do next and I guess with me I like I'm well informed I know what to do but like I said I there was still lots of things that I stopped doing like for example exercise wise I stopped doing hip thrusts immediately barbell hip thrusts and I know placement wise as in like where your womb is and your uterus like Mm. the barbell pad doesn't really hit there at all it's not until later on in your pregnancy when you actually have a bump that it might start to feel uncomfortable but just immediately to me I thought I can't do that I'm not doing it like I'm not having anything put there that's heavy I'm not doing it so I didn't do that so I think there are going to be things that come up that you just think no I'm not doing it it's not happening but there are also going to be things question marks and if you've got question marks (laughs) stay off Dr Google and seek professional help you know if it is exercise wise nutrition wise do start to work with a professional and obviously if you're training already with a personal trainer if they don't have that pre and postnatal qualification, this is the kind of gray area. They can still coach you with your permission, but they might not have that experience, you know, mm. especially if they haven't had a child themselves. And, I, you know, I don't want to be a feminist here, but if they're male, <laughs> you know, the, it might be somebody, um, a male that has, you know, three kids at home and has seen their wife go through it, you know, multiple times. But you just might be better off speaking to someone who's qualified, who's been through it, you know, who deals with this kind of thing day in, day out and is used to these kind of questions. So, yeah, I think I went off on a tangent there, but hopefully that was helpful. Yeah, no, I think it is very important to remember that even if you like you say you are 
training regularly when you do get pregnant is still to take that professional advice um and yeah it's very easy to get sucked into the the world of uh dr google um so what did you because you know, obviously you you trained um through your pregnancy what did you find were the benefits for you from doing this because i know a lot of women feel that there aren't really any many benefits and that they're scared that doing what they were doing before or maybe even a modified version could harm the baby in some way okay let's just say we're just talking to like a generalized woman who has a normal pregnancy and we're not talking about any other complications or whatever just to kind of clarify where your baby is surrounded and supported by an amni amniotic sac like fluid and sac it is safe when you're exercising it's not bouncing around it's not you know in there like being tossed and turned and that kind of thing it's supported so if there's doubt around you know should I be jogging should I be running should I be you know doing burpees and stuff that baby is supported so hopefully that clarifies that kind of self you know bit of doubt but go back to the question again. Sorry, I've just lost my train. Um, so like, obviously you, you trained through your pregnancy. Yeah. What did you feel that, ben how did you feel that benefited you in like what ways from like how it made you feel? Like, were you like, it supported your your birth as well? Yeah. Um, um, personally for me, I, first trimester wise, I continued to exercise as and when I could. Um, there were definitely peaks and troughs in terms of my energy levels and days that I felt so sick that I you know I couldn't exercise but I did go for a walk so I definitely adapted and because I continued to do something it helped with my mental health because I think on the days where I didn't really do anything and I was feeling you know exhausted and tired and you know I got pregnant in winter as well I felt worse versus the days that I just plucked up a little bit of courage to try and move my body in some way now don't get me wrong like everybody's pregnancies are different and there are going to be people listening to this thinking I couldn't even get out of bed you know I was bedridden I was sick as a dog you know some people listening to this might ex have had HG you know hyperemesis gravadium so constant sickness so for a lot of people first trimesters going into their whole pregnancy is completely different but for me personally it helped support me in a way of my mental health and also um, the changes in my body as well. So obviously you've got relaxing hormone, hormone coming in. So there's a lot more um, mobility and stretching. So your body is kind of getting ready to move into new places it hasn't been before. And if you kind of haven't got the strength to support that, aches and pains can happen. And that's often what then can lead to things like pelvic girdle pain and um everything's kind of labeled under pelvic girdle pain now there used to be like um what's it called pubic pubic bone pain but it's a, there's a different word for it but it's generalized as pelvic girdle pain so for me it helped prevent any kind of pain happening and I did experience some pelvic girdle pain but I actually again it was on the days that I hadn't done anything or I had done too much. Mm. So there was definitely days where I may have walked the dog for over an hour when I was later in my pregnancy and I'd have like shooting pains and I was like, oh, 
yeah, I've just done a bit too much and my body's not ready for that. So for me, it was it was those two things and also mentally preparing myself for birth as well. Um, you know, birth is depending on which birth you have, you know, there's lots of different ways it can go. But, you know, being able to manage those contractions and the intensity of those contractions. I've, I've said this about a hundred times to different people giving birth for me was like doing my one rep max deadlift deadlift test about 20 times in a row like it was really really hard but I was fit and able enough to manage what was going on and mm. yeah so yeah um, but just going to the benefits of exercise because there are some people out there who you know who won't believe there are any benefits like you said the benefits are the reduce uh, it will reduce the risk of gestational diabetes so uh, it's very common for people to um get gd in pregnancy and it can help you know improve your insulin sensitivity that's what exercise does so and even if you do get gd you are still encouraged to exercise so if that's not gonna you know push you to do so and just you know so you know that if you do get gd you'll then um known known labeled i don't know what the right term is as high risk so yeah. that then can kind of change how you give birth mm. so you know if that's not a motivation then hopefully uh, i don't know what is it can help reduce preeclampsia i mean we can talk about that in a second for you but it can help to reduce the risk of it um it reduce excessive weight gain reduce back pain improve your mental health and it sets you up for postpartum because mm. nobody tells you how hard it is actually after you've given birth, getting the pram out of the car, the car seat out of the car, putting all that together whilst also having like a newborn attached to your nipple, you know, and you've got all of these practical things that you, your body needs to be strong enough for. And if you've just had nine months off going into then he heavy lifting, essentially, it can be it can be really hard so you know preparing yourself and Eric's like 10 and a half kilos now and I still wear him in the sling on my front you know he's a weighted carry essentially but I still feel strong enough to do that and I think that's because you know I trained all throughout my pregnancy and obviously you gain weight in your pregnancy so your body needs to be strong enough to support the weight gain in pregnancy as well so yeah 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 there is massive benefits I think like the thing you said about the after the post it, that's the bit that people forget about it's not just like what is the effect of exercise while you're going through pregnancy um it helps you massively and obviously for those women that um may like go right up to the birth want being able to have a natural birth and then at the last minute which we know happens to a lot of women it for whatever complications whatever it turns from going from a natural birth to a c-section an emergency section and you've then got to recover from that, which I, you know, I had C-sections. I never had the, um, I never had the, uh, what's the word? The, um, the pleasure of having any contractions, let's say that. So, oh, did you not so you, you were booked in and then? Well, Millie was an emergency C-section because I had preeclampsia. Yeah. And then Ruben was, um, they told me that they didn't want me having given going natural birth because of the risk that I'd had before. So he was uh, a, planned c-section so yeah, yeah i never got that whole um contractions <laughs> but then obviously i was at the other side where i was like you know wasn't meant to be lifting anything like after six weeks which is ridiculous when you've got a newborn baby and 
second time around when you've got a toddler and a newborn baby. So, um, yeah, it does really set you up and you do tend to forget that. And I also think that one thing um, that I know a lot of women can fall into the trap with it in pregnancy as well is, is the nutritional side of it, um, which is this, and maybe not quite so much these, these days, but it's the, the I'm eating for two. <laughs> so it's like it's like a, a given that you can just stop all the things that you believed in before, you know, nutritional wise, that whether you were dieting or not, or whether you were just eating a balanced, healthy diet, um, you then like almost like there's a big switch that goes, OK, well, I'm not going to do that. And clearly I'm pregnant now, so I need to eat for two people, <laughs> which uh, obviously we know quite doesn't quite work that way. No, no, it doesn't. And I think, again, uh, some of that could be peer pressure. It could be voices. Like, I definitely had it where people were like, oh, you can make the most of it now. And it was like, no, <laughs> make the most of what? No, it's, you know, in the first trimester, I think it's anywhere between like 50 calories extra mm. that you need. Trimester two, 100 to 200 calories extra. And then trimester three, anywhere between 300 to 500. That can be... Um, uh, slightly different for those who are well trained and trained throughout their pregnancy you know people who are quite fit and um, decide to continue to exercise um, they might need a little bit more because they're you know burning off calories essentially but yeah for the the typical woman it really isn't that much um, and obviously your taste buds change quite a lot throughout pregnancy and you might find that during particular parts of your pregnancy you'll crave higher calorie foods so you know bearing that in mind it's not a time to be gorging on mm. food and also for a lot of people if you do take that approach of you know I'm going to eat for two and just make the most of it now da, 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 you also will be heavier after you've given birth and you know you have that to deal with and that's not to fear you know that's not to fearmonger anyone or you know scaremonger fearmonger <laughs> scaremonger yeah. you know but uh, postpartum well, you're just putting, putting yourself into a harder situation again aren't you because you, then you're probably going to be in the mindset of well I need to get rid of this pregnancy weight that I've gained in the last like obviously you do gain weight anyway when yeah, you're no. pregnant you've got that on top of the chance that you've maybe been con over consuming what you needed and your yeah. baby needed so yeah it's definitely something to to bear in mind and I think um it is easy to fall like you say fall in that trap with from external voices that are, are telling you that it's okay to do that yeah yeah absolutely yeah so um so we'll we'll skip the like the birth thing because um I think that is obviously different for everybody and that's not really what this podcast is about so obviously postnatal um, getting back into the swing of things again you know there's there's very much and I do feel this is still within society of this being my pre-pregnancy shape and weight um, as soon as possible you know my body you know I can actually remember when, when I had Millie because they um I, they knocked me out completely to have Millie um, so I had a, a general anesthetic and I came around afterwards um, and it was like I remember waking up and not only the fact that I felt like I'd been run over by a 20 ton truck, but I was like, look down and I was like, oh my God, are they sure they took the baby? It still looks like I'm pregnant. I was like, I was, I don't know why, but I was like, I was literally expecting my bump like to have completely gone. And I'm like, no, it's still there. <laughs> it's like, 
it was a bit of a shock. I was like, well, I'm expecting to walk out the the hospital in my skinny jeans. And and I know there are some people that maybe are genetically uh, um, better off than some others, and they do tend to like hang back, shall we say, into shape fairly quickly. But I think for the most of us, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, I think also just after giving birth, like I was pretty much the same. I was a bit like, oh, I just, what's this? Like a still <laughs> a bump, but you know, you've still got all of this extra stuff that's like moved, like your rib cage is, has moved. And, you know, there's a lot of healing process that needs to go on. Your uterus needs to contract back down to, you know, its original size and stuff. So yeah, I definitely did look at myself and kind of, but I do think, I don't know whether this is, maybe the people that I sort of follow on social media, I do think the message is changing a little bit postpartum. I do feel like the bounce back culture has changed a little bit, but again, that just might be my eyes and what I'm reading mm. and what I, you know, I unfollowed people that, you know, yeah. I don't want to watch anymore. Um, But yeah, the definitely, there is, I've worked with a lot of clients who have really struggled with their body image postpartum and really, put a lot of pressure on themselves to you know get back into their clothes and that kind of thing and there is a period of time where you are just going to have to give yourself grace and I think also acknowledging like you said every birth is different and there can also be experiences after birth that you did not plan for you know I've coached, coached lots and lots of women who've had um I def I would say traumatic experiences whether that's with themselves or the baby and they've had to be in hospital for a period of time and that then has led to a lot of kind of mental health I don't want to say issues but you know things that have mm. happened that that then they just didn't plan for and then you know they're adding this pressure of oh and now I need to lose weight and, da, da, da. and it's like you just need to give yourself a bit of grace like you've gone through such a huge change in identity you've got all of these new things that you need to learn to do this particular thing happened with your birth and you, you know you need to hold space for that as well and yeah just kind of stripping back the pressure and I try and go with the approach and it, this has worked success, like successfully for pretty much most of my clients of nourishing your body postpartum and understanding how to do that because a lot of people do just turn to quick foods chocolate because you're starving you're starving after you've given birth especially naturally I, again I don't know what it's like with a cesarean I would imagine you're still kind of hungry in some way because you know you've gone through an operation your body's trying to recover and that kind of thing but you're pretty hungry because also your sleep is disrupted so obviously we've got ghrelin not on our, our side there so knowing what to eat and how to fuel your body and having those food options readily available is really helpful and you can do a lot of that stuff whilst you're pregnant like mm. you can prep meals pop them in the freezer you can ask family members friends like if I'm really stuck can you just pop around and you know make me a lasagna or something like that uh one of the things that I said to everybody when I gave birth I was like do not send me flowers at all if you want to send me anything you can send me like protein bars or something like that and I know that sounds ridiculous but the last thing I wanted was to can I swear yeah <laughs> I didn't sort out flowers in vases when I had a newborn like no so I think the only person that sent me flowers was my dad and that's fine but you know there's lots of things that you can do to help prepare you for actually setting yourself up like things like if you have a baby shower 
this is like really organized and probably people will laugh at you but who cares you can make like an amazon wish list and you can oh, say yeah. actually i don't need any more cuddly toys and baby grows i've got hundreds what i do need is you know <laughs> some um like supplements so i'd prefer those you know Mm. it's your like it's your birth your you know postpartum like you say what you need you know yeah 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 I think the thing that you said about being prepared as well is key because you'd actually you just don't realize like what it entails if you've never had a baby before you can read all the books but I swear to god nothing actually prepares you for when you come home, I can mean, I, I can remember. Obviously, Millie was uh, Millie was in intensive care because she was born six weeks You've early. You've gone through that experience yourself, yeah. Yeah. Um. So I came out of hospital um a couple of days, and she was still in there. So like we were going back and forth to to the hospital, and then eventually they released her, uh, and she was she was so small, so tiny. I mean, none of the clothes that I bought for her fitted her. I had to go out and buy premature stuff for her and even that was too big um she was like too small for a car seat as well so I brought her home and like kind of like put her down in the sitting room and we're like okay I can't actually believe they let us leave the hospital with this baby it's like what the hell do we do now it's just it's like the most bizarre thing because you you think and I know there are some women out there who like they naturally have the instinct and they know kind of like it just comes much more natural but there are some mums out there who are just like it's so alien they're like I actually don't know what I'm actually doing um so to have all those other things in place like if you've got family and friends support it it can make a massive difference it really can um and just having even having somebody to talk to Maybe yeah. having some, you know, people to talk to, not only your mum, because mums always think that they know best, but they they don't always know best. Um, just other people's experiences. So you can take the bits of information and advice that you want and make it your own, basically. And also, just on that note, having someone else to talk to, this is where a pre and postnatal coach comes in really handy because we understand what it's like with the fourth trimester, the postpartum period, where actually you know, you're still bleeding, you're really sore, whether that's, you know, from um, operation or whether that's stitches or whether that's just, you know, giving birth naturally. We understand that you probably are weeing yourself a bit from time to time because, you know, you've gone through this big change and there's all these different things that are going on. Like, I remember thinking, oh my God, like I literally, I can't believe I'm going to say it. I feel like a hamburger. (laughs) I pushed, you know, I had natural birth and I was like, everything is hanging out. I remember saying to Brad, like, oh my God, it all feels like it's going to fall out at some point. It's the most bizarre feeling. And I've obviously coached a lot of clients in that position before and we make a joke of it and I'm like, how's your hamburger? You know, and things like that. And it just brings a little bit of light to the uh, conversation and it helps you to feel better. But we know what to do in terms of providing help and support with clients. Like go and have, you know, your midwife will say some of these things, but go and have like a lukewarm bath with a bit of lavender, that kind of thing. Make sure you continue to eat dates. Dates are really good for healing, um, for scar tissue and that kind of thing. So there's lots of things that you'll get from a postpartum, a pre and postnatal coach that will help to support you in that, you know, season of life. And also knowing what you can do exercise wise from basically day dot, mm-hmm. um, you know, with after giving birth, 
people always think I'm mad when I'm like, yeah, you can just get back into training. They're like, what? And I'm like, no, it's breath work. You know, the first um, month of like my postpartum program is healing. It's recovery. We don't focus on strength. We're not doing anything like that. There might be some clients, they might get to week two, week three, and they're like, oh, I'm ready to kind of like lift something. And I was, I kind of fell in that category. I was like, oh, I feel like I could do something. But actually when I did it, I was like, no, something doesn't feel right. I'm not going to do that, you know? And this was just like body weight stuff. So the first kind of like month after you've given birth, actually knowing how to heal your body, how to naturally kind of bring the bits back in, your pelvis, your rib cage, and that kind of thing, and connecting with your core and your pelvic floor can be so beneficial. Um, because then when you actually go to exercise, you've done the kind of, the hard work essentially mm. you've done the recovery work to enable you to get to a point where your body's ready to take on exercise versus not exercising at all for nine months to 12 months after you've had your baby and then trying to go back to the gym or trying to go out running and then being like well why does this hurt my hip bone hurt? now I have coached thousands of women over the years and I remember coaching at a boot camp around eight years ago and I used to get lots of women who'd be like ever since I've gave birth my hip always clicks or ever since I've gave birth I've got a belly pooch and there's all these things it's like obviously they won't weren't informed but actually if you did that work in the first month after giving birth or later on like you don't have to do it straight away a couple of months later that kind of thing basically whenever you decide to go back to exercise try to do the recovery work first mm then exercise after you can still do bits of you know mobility and moving your body in gentle flows and that kind of thing but just going back into a 5k run or going back to a crossfit gym or lifting weights and stuff your body isn't prepared for it you know so you've got to bring the things back into place that are going to support you yeah yeah I think that's really because I know obviously I've I've followed you and I've seen like this this stuff that obviously I've watched you go through the other side of postnatal with Eric and the things that you've done and I loved all the stuff that you've done and I've obviously seen your videos and things um where you've incorporated it while like this isn't something that you're suggesting and not taking into factor obviously that you've got a newborn baby yeah yeah yeah. and like you've you've done that and you've the fact that you've also experienced that um obviously makes you a great coach and then that's makes you so relatable to to women that are going through the same thing and that you can understand you know okay it's not easy but this is like this is the basis of your foundations for you to get back to kind of like where you were although that is going to look different and that's that's another thing because we women it's very easy for us to forget what our bodies have actually been through and years down the line you're still built beating yourself up because you don't look like you did before you got pregnant before your three children you're like well why can I not look like that and you're like well look what your body's actually been through three times you know and it's never going to be that chapter again as much as we would all love that maybe but it you know that that isn't possible so you kind of have to having that mindset of this is a different chapter in my life. Yes, I can still be strong. Yes, I can do things. They, they might just be slightly different, but having that base foundation, um, it really sets you up. And I think that's a bit that some people, like you say, they skip out, don't they? They kind of like don't do anything for a year or two years until they're like, okay, now I need to do something. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that isn't because they don't want to. It's because they don't know how to. And that's something I wanted to talk about, because sometimes, you know, people, you know, I'm well informed. I'm a personal trainer. I've been a personal trainer for 11 years. I've coached 
like thousands of women through this process and also you know women that haven't and whatever but when you have a baby your whole life changes and you have to learn how to do things differently and one of the ways I got a client to understand of how to incorporate quote-unquote exercise whilst you have a baby is how do you have a shower and how do you put on your makeup if you're going to put on your makeup for the day what do you do differently to enable you to do those things and she was like well I might just put him in the the bouncy chair for a minute or put him in front of uh, the fruit and vegetables on the tv if anyone's listening to this and have has had a baby you'll know what I mean the dancing fruit and I'm like okay so you've occupied the baby for a few moments or you put them in the sling for a few moments so that you can do your personal care right that's exactly the same for exercise I cannot tell you how many times that I would try and get Eric down for a nap and he would wake up within five minutes because he wanted a feed so I would have to you know stop and start stop and start so it's learning how to do things differently and being okay that it's not perfect you know Eric has always not been a very good napper he's been okay at night but naps have always been really tough for us so I've had to learn that okay I'll do like five minutes of a workout and then I go and feed him for a bit and then come back and do five minutes more and then he might need me for even longer so I'll come back to it later on in the day and you know dispersing my workout throughout the day enabled me to do something Did it feel the same as going to the gym for an hour? Hell no. But did it help me to recover? Yes. Mm -hmm. And also, I had no help. So I know a lot of people go, oh, yeah, it's all right for you because you've got your gym equipment and da-da-da. Yeah, I am informed. Yes, I do know what I'm doing. That does help. But you can hire a coach. But we don't have any grandparents nearby. It is literally me and Brad. Eric didn't start childcare till he was one. So we haven't, this is not like a a pitch for like feel sorry we haven't had any help and I have just had to learn to adapt and that is what you end up doing you know throughout parenthood so if you are like big question mark like I don't know how to exercise I really want to do like the recovery work I want to know how to exercise reach out for help and then kind of question what do you do to occupy baby whilst you're doing things for yourself the cooking and stuff you're already doing that kind of work you know you're already putting yourself in that position where you could do something for yourself but maybe it's that I don't know what to do exercise wise and that's where again you might need a coach yeah I think that's that it's definitely helpful isn't it and having you know and even if you haven't got that support like physically with you like you say like people family friends or whatever living close by having that even that support online of I think the community aspect of people know that they're going through the same thing. So it just makes you feel heard, doesn't it? So that you're not alone in in what you're doing. So like you might be in that situation where you want to exercise, you want to, you know, work on your pelvic floor, whatever, but you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to incorporate in that day, in your day. And it's like just even talking to other people and they're like, well, okay, this is what, how I manage it. And, And knowing that that's all right. Like you say, it's okay to do, five minutes here and five minutes there yeah it's not perfect but it doesn't need to be and it could be just by doing that those simple things just make you feel better as well like in your like mental health and your yourself forgetting about like any of the health benefits or anything like that just that side of it sometimes I think is so much more important than you know the actual physicalness of you of moving your body yeah, absolutely. Because you're doing something for somebody else all day long and it's hard work, you know? So, yeah, for yeah, sure. It, it is hard work. Uh, I mean, kids are hard work. Um, who was it? I was talking to the other day, someone, I, I think it was um, uh, Dan, um, 
put a post up from Dan the Collective about is because he's got a new baby. Um, well, I think a, a bit older now, but he said something about late the sleepless nights or something. And he was like, I, apparently it gets easier. And I was just like, I don't know who told you that, but they were absolutely 100% lying. <laughs> like, yeah, they might sleep, but there will be something else. Something yeah. else will come along and disrupt your your life, your day, your night, whatever it is. Even like now, you know, I've got a 12 and a um a 10 year old and it's you know there's still things there that but it's just different that's all yeah and I do think I was talking to someone else the other day I do think you learn how to um live and go about your day with less sleep like you do I was always petrified of like having a baby because I was always somebody who needed eight hours sleep every night and if I didn't I was a horrible person to be around you know, I'm a proper, like, I need my sleep type person. But actually what I've learned is I can cope without sleep quite well, but it definitely does help if you eat the right things, get fresh air, move your body. Mm. If I didn't do those things, which I've had days where I haven't, I feel horrendous, you know? So I feel lethargic. I'm craving food that I, whatever, you know, I feel tired. I'm not recovering well, don't sleep well. Whereas if I've just forced myself to get up, you know, get out the door, push the pram around, get sunlight in my eyes, you know, have lots of water throughout the day, make sure I'm eating regular meals. I get to bedtime, I'm like, okay, I actually feel all right. You know, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. So the, you know, the habits that you have in place to support outside of sleep are are really helpful as well. Yeah, I think it's just adapting as well, isn't it? Because every day looks different. Every week, looks different I mean there's I mean I can very well remember all the sleep regressions and everybody's child is different I mean you speak to some people and they're like yeah my baby slept through since like yeah and you're like really yeah and like you know yeah. they're gonna pay you back later on um and there's some people whose babies like never sleep and wake up all the time and it's like it's horrendous and you just you never know and I, I love it when the amount of mums that you speak to where they have like they have like the perfect baby number one and you just they get pregnant again and you know, it's gonna be like like they've got no clue what's coming because it's the top opposite end of the scale and they just like absolutely don't know what's hit them because they have the what worked for them the first time or how their baby was is completely different from the second one so you know you can never never tell what it's going to be like at all yeah I mean we we do want to have a second so we're always like oh Eric's like this and Eric's like that we hope the next one's like that but yeah you just like you say you just never know do you no no my two were um were totally different babies um so yeah it's quite um it's it's interesting and it's interesting I think as a parent how you approach it differently um Mm. based on your first experience um I definitely found that I, I much preferred my second pregnancy and I definitely did things a lot different um, yeah and I guess you learned like you said you learned through the experience of your first one um I like with Eric I've very much gone with the more intuitive approach mm. or you know I I didn't actually do a lot of reading about how to raise a child because I think sometimes you can over prepare. So mm. throughout pregnancy, I did a lot of uh, preparation for understanding, you know, what happened through birth and that kind of thing. I, I did a hypnobirthing course, but actually 
a lot of people said to me, don't read the parenting books because as you say, you never know what baby you're going to get. And also you can just overwhelm yourself, you know? So I very much went with more of an intuitive approach and there were certain things that we did that are probably quite frowned upon. And people are like, what? You did that? Like me and Eric still co-sleep and he's 16 months old. Brad Stetters. I'm going to let you into secret. Me and my son, because uh, I, I did everything totally different. I did a Millie by the book. Yeah. And Ruben was intuitive. Um, I breastfed him from the beginning. He slept with me every night. He's 11 years old now and he still sleeps with me now. Oh, so. yeah. That's and, and like, you know, he's not always done that, but he did until he was probably about four or five. And then he went through a couple of years of sleeping in his own bed and that's fine. But the last couple of years, um, he does still Same. love sleeping with me. And he is my baby. Same. And... For me, I know there is going to come a time where he's going to be like, I don't want to sleep with you anymore. And I'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, you know, and, and I know that time is going to come. But for now, it's like for him, it's his safe space. And, you know, there's just me in the bed. So it's not like there's there's no room for him. Um, And, yeah, everybody does things differently. But for me, it was very instinctive to do that. Um, And, like, I exclusively breastfed him. Um. And I, again, it would, and he was breastfed until he didn't actually stop until he was about four completely. He would just have it occasionally. Um, but again, that was something that I absolutely loved doing. And when he stopped, I was, I was heartbroken. Yeah. I was just like, I mean, oh I'm breastfeeding Eric now, and um, I've said I would like to get to two. Like, if we can get to two, amazing. Um, but obviously, if I do have a second then I might have to think about weaning because even though the thought of tandem breastfeeding is possible I think I've my you know what it's like to be breastfed like you're constantly touched all the time and, yeah. and you probably will just need a bit of a, a a break but that's amazing that you got to four like incredible and I bet for a lot of uh, you know a lot of people kind of frowned upon that as well because I still get the question now like when are you going to stop and it's like well it's working. yeah there is a bit of a, a cliche thing with it isn't it I mean we it wasn't something we never used to do it in public it was just um not that that's a problem if he wanted to but it was like a nighttime thing it was yeah. it was more of a comfort thing for him yeah. um you know it's like I suppose kids having dummies until they're whatever age um but yeah it was um it was definitely a bond that um that I enjoyed uh, and I kind of like wish I'd done it with Millie yeah. um uh, but with Millie I didn't really have the confidence to do it yeah, yeah, so yeah. I didn't because it felt so alien and I don't know I just felt that it was very much pushed on me and I was just like okay it doesn't doesn't feel right I don't know and obviously because we weren't together in the beginning because we were separated um and I suppose that that influenced my my the way that I was with Ruben because even though he was a c-section I was awake um and I held him straight away and then as soon as like we both came out of the theatre it was like he was with me and I was determined that that was what we were going to do um yeah. so yeah I mean each like everybody has a different experience don't they there's some women out there that want to breastfeed and for whatever reason don't end up being able to do it because of complications so you know it is a very personal thing and yeah. And like you say, every pregnancy is different for for every woman. You, you know, it's not very often women tend to have the same same results every time. Obviously, I'm sure there are some women out there who, who do. 
Um, but we're all individual mm. individuals at the end of the day. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, well, thank you very much for coming on. We've had, um, it's lovely to hear um, a different side of like the fitness and the exercise, because obviously this is not something that usually comes along on my wavelength very often. I do uh, talk to some women that um, get pregnant, obviously when they're not expecting it and not sure how to approach the exercise thing um so yeah i do um throw your name out there when i do uh because <laughs> i know that you do such great stuff and i i do think it's i think it's amazing for people you know to have that opportunity to just have that support while they're going through pregnancy and especially afterwards it can make a massive difference to your experience because it is a life-changing thing for a woman to go through um and to be able to come out the other side and feel confident um with, with what you're doing um it can make a huge difference absolutely yeah couldn't couldn't agree more cool all right um well i shall pop all your um details you want to just tell everybody where they can find you for if they want yeah, to sure. so if you're searching for me on instagram i'm at get peachy and if you um hit the link in my bio you can take a look at my pre and postnatal uh programs um if you are looking for a pre and postnatal coach you can do a program only membership or you can have a program and check-ins weekly check-ins which can be really beneficial for those people who are very nervous and anxious or just are really unsure of what you know yeah i want to exercise but oh all of this other stuff is going on and i've got itchy nipples and what sports bra do i wear and all of those kind of questions that you just didn't realize would come up it's really helpful to have you know a coach uh to to work you through those things and food as well I find that that comes up a lot you know a lot of um, shame and guilt around eating particular things when actually it's it's very normal to have cravings and and need to um um eat the things that you're craving you know yeah. so yeah so find me on instagram at the get peachy if you have just found out you're pregnant you don't want to tell anyone please know that obviously if you do share that information with me it's completely um what's the word it's gone from my brain. confidential <laughs> that'll be uh that'll be your mummy brain then. that'll be mum brain yeah uh, <laughs> completely confidential you know nothing is ever shared um and you know we will work together to make sure that you feel safe and supported and so on so yeah just drop me a message and hopefully I can help um and also just uh, going back to exercise wise um some people <laughs> will obviously be really nervous about what type of exercise they were doing and something that I did throughout my pregnancy I feel like I kind of have to talk about this because people are like what you did that what uh, don't make me do that so I used to be a gymnast so I did handstands all the way up until I was 37 weeks pregnant so if you do see any videos of me doing uh, pregnancy <laughs> handstands no it's not in the program unless you're a gymnast and you did that anyway okay so I had that come up once like um it's handstands in the pro no I did that because I you know I've, I've been a gymnast uh my whole life and I'm very confident in holding my own, own body weight but no there are no handstands in pregnancy <laughs> uh in the program so do not worry okay there's that disclaimer <laughs> on the end of the program yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right well, well it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you again Angie and um yeah I, I shall put all your details in the bottom of the podcast Thank as well you. anyway um thanks for coming Thank you for having me on. Cheers.